Perspective Left by Mabel Watson Center, an independent feminist nonprofit comprehensive health care provider in Bangor, Maine. Join us as we explore topics that impact our sexual and reproductive health and lives. Here's your host, Aspen Rulin. Aspen uses they, them pronouns and is our client and community advocate. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Reproductive Left. I'm your host, Aspen. My pronouns are they, them. And today I'll be joined by my dear friend, feminist powerhouse and GER badass and education coordinator, Elaine Richard. She, her pronouns, as we discuss a barrier to abortion care that not as many people know about, anti-abortion centers. Elaine, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Aspen. And I'm so glad that we are going to be talking about anti-abortion centers. Uh, sometimes more commonly known as crisis pregnancy centers or women resource centers, but we like to call them what they are, which are which is anti-abortion center. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and I think we need to remember that most people or many people who end up at these places were not intending to be there. You know, oh, yeah. got there because they were confused or they had lack of awareness that they were there. They may have, might have had some unmet needs that this drew them into. Mm-hmm. And we need to be mindful of that because that will help us um, counter them and turn people into the right direction. Absolutely. And I think also with like one thing that I always like to really name with like the folks who end up like seeking services from anti-abortion centers and the fact that like most people who end up there, like that wasn't really their goal or they just like didn't fully understand what these places were. A lot of that is very rooted in the fact of them being intentionally deceitful. Um, If you want a few examples of how that might show up, uh, one in a lot of places, anti-abortion centers will rent the building space quite like they will rent the space directly next to an actual abortion provider and put up confusing signing uh, or signage rather. Um, Another way that we see that happen that actually is the case in Bangor is just placing themselves nearby actual clinics. So in Bangor, as far as like real clinics that provide abortion care, you know, we have Mabel Wadsworth Center that provides both the procedure that's in clinic and medication abortion. And we also have Bangor Family Planning, that location, uh, you know, part of main family planning at the Bangor location, they just do the medication abortion. We're about like three miles away from each other on the same road. Right. Very conveniently, the anti-abortion center in Bangor is exactly equidistant from both clinics on the same road in the middle. Um, But before we get more into anti-abortion centers that we'll be focusing on today, I mentioned that you work for GER. Um, Can you tell our listeners a little bit about GER and some of the work that you do? I would love to. Um, So GER started in uh, about 2013. I came aboard on 2017. And what we're evolving into is a pro-abortion culture change organization. We work intergenerationally, which we love to do, through the lens of reproductive justice to assure that sexual and reproductive rights are are accessible for present and future generations. Mm. We try to leverage the status of grandmothers and elders because you don't have to be a grandmother to be part of GER. Um, as sources of truth and safety for all people accessing um, 
accurate information and shame-free support for their reproductive decision-making. I think one of the big things that has shifted with GER is that we don't say we're pro-choice. We now say we're pro-abortion, pro-access, because choice is not good if you don't have access. If you exactly. live hours and hours away from where your abortion provider is, you don't have that choice mm -hmm. or that becomes hard. We also know and we stress that abortion is freedom because when people have access to abortions where they live, when they need them without shame, stigma, free from uh, worries about criminalization and bans, people mm -hmm. thrive, families thrive, our communities thrive, and then we are living in places that we want to live in. So we um, we we collect um because we're elders and grandmothers, we have a lot of stories about pre-row um, time. So we collect stories of pre-row -abor pre abortion stories and show the connection between them and now the post-Dobbs era. Mm. We also have a big campaign to out and tell the truth about anti-abortion centers, which mm. is I'm glad we're here today to talk about those. Absolutely. And, and on the note of like, you know, pro-abortion versus pro-choice. I'm someone who, like, over time, especially as I have engaged in this work more, I have also shifted over to describing myself as pro-abortion. Um, because one, like you said, I mean, and first off, nothing wrong with people who, like, pro-choice is what is the language that works for them, which obviously, like, you're not saying there's anything wrong with that. You just named why it doesn't fit for you. And it's the same case for me, I mean, Elaine, you have probably heard this spiel from me before, and I'm sure the listeners have as well. But, you know, I like to say that I am pro-abortion the same way that I am pro-home birth, the same way I'm pro-hospital birth, the same way that I am pro-thyroidectomy, the way that I am pro-insulin for people who need it. Because what I am pro is people having access to the care that they need. And as you also named, it's so important that we take away the stigma that we as a culture have put onto abortion that really just benefits no one. Well, I mean, it benefits antis, but it doesn't benefit like people who actually need care. Um, it's about the, it's about taking away that shame and stigma, yes. not just from people who had abortions pre-row, but people who are accessing abortions now. Yes. Now we find people, people still feel that shame and, and stigma. And mm -hmm. we want that gone because there's yeah. no reason except from what society or the antis in the society are putting on us for that, for us to feel that way. So. GER is, like I said, a pro-abortion culture change organization. Yeah, I love that. Uh, so to dig a little more into the questions, anti-abortion center, crisis pregnancy center, or fake clinic, a sham by any other name is just as shitty. Can you explain to our listeners what exactly these places are and how they're harmful? I know we got into it a little bit, um, but for folks who don't have background, it can still be a little confusing. Yeah, so anti-abortion centers um, are, I have, to, I have to come up with just like the right, the order to tell you this. They are organizations that um, their main goal is to keep people from having abortions. Their national goal and mission is to have an abortion-free country, period. It there are... Um, and they, they tend to have a very um, 
right-leaning, very conservative Christian approach to um, to making you feel shame about um, your decision to have an abortion. Mm-hmm. So um, they tried to deceive, they lie, they coerce pregnant people to not having abortions. They tried to shame people and they target very vulnerable people in our community. So we're talking about like poor people, people of color, immigrant people, people incarcerated, Native American people, trans people, people who live in remote um, areas where there's little or no access, there's that word again, to comprehensive medical care. And they have been around since 1967 when Hawaii first legalized abortions. Um, They started out there and their goal has been to infiltrate in local governments and state governments and just to to permeate society with the idea that abortion should never happen. Um, they outnumber legitimate providers at least three to one. Mm. In Maine, like we have Mabel's, we have Maine Family Planning, we have Planned Parenthood, and there are at least 11, maybe 12 um, anti-abortion centers in the state. And they hey. seem to locate themselves close to where all of you guys have your offices. Um, mm-hmm. If I had a map, I could show you, like, almost follows the I-95 corridor. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, as I said, the front line to the anti-abortion movements to push an end to all abortions. They, Though you have your local little places, like you have First Step, we have First Choice, there's Open Arms. Um, there are three big umbrella groups in the United States. There's CareNet, there's um, Heartbeat international and um there is birthright international and these big organizations funnel money into Mm -hmm. these little places which then allow these smaller places to have a more mom and pop kind of feel and to not have to charge people for their services Mm -hmm. the other organization now that so we think of these like umbrella groups there's then another bigger group called nifla or the National, the National Institute for Family Life Advocates. And they are the people who have just, who years ago, actually it was in 2000, I don't remember the date, so I'm not gonna tell you the date. Uh, <laughs> years ago, came up with the idea that if anti-abortion centers could provide ultrasounds to people, if people saw a picture of, of the ultrasound, they would decide not to have an abortion. Mm-hmm. So through NIFLA, there is trainings for all who have, you have to join NIFLA. It's about a $500 membership fee because I, I looked that up. Um, but your organization can be trained on how to do the ultrasound tactic. Mm-hmm. So I want people to know that though these places look so homey and inviting, they are not. They are yeah. being run by bigger places, by people with a lot of money, with a lot of power, and with um, a lot of legal backing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of, um, there was a case called Nifla versus Becerra in mm-hmm. 2018. What happened was in California, if I have a second to explain this. Yeah, go for it. California in 2015, they had a a law or a bill or something called the FACT Act. And that was, it made it so that anti-abortion centers 
had to post information about other services on their wall for, for people coming in to see. And that would include um, abortion providers. So they had to say, and they had to say that they were not medical providers. So <laughs> we're not a medical provider. And here's where you can get an abortion if you want an abortion. <laughs> well, NIFLA said, <laughs> and their goal is to always get things as high up into the court system so they can get to the Supreme Court. And yep. they did. And in 2018, in NIFLA versus Becerra, the Supreme Court, so we have to think of who was on the Supreme Court in 2018 and the leanings it was doing. It said that the FACT Act was only targeting um, anti-abortion centers. So it was targeting speakers, not speech. So the speaker's free speech right was being um, attacked. So NIFLA won. And now these places don't have to give that information. Mm -hmm. Aspen, they are getting slicker and slicker. And if you look at their websites, they will say somewhere there's a disclaimer that they do not provide abortions. Mm -hmm. There's a disclaimer sometimes that says they're part of Heartbeat or Birthright or CareNet. And I have found that some of the websites are getting giving less and less information. And their big thing is to come in and have an appointment. Call us and have an appointment because they want to draw you in because they yep. feel once they have you in, they can start using their strategies and tactics. They're so, terrible. Yeah. So one of the things that you just mentioned was that like, you know, them not being actual medical facilities, because I think a lot of people, you know, part of where they get confused is these places, like, you know, there was that requirement for them to say, we're not a medical facility. And then it was decided that apparently that is a violation of free speech, which is wild because it's definitely illegal for me to impersonate a doctor, but whatever. Um, but so, so we've established these are not actual medical facilities, which brings up concerns about them providing people incorrect information, which I have definitely run into. I've talked to a lot right. of folks who have accidentally gone to these places. But along with incorrect information, that also brings up HIPAA. That's the big thing. And let me tell you about this that I just discovered, because anytime I start checking in on things, it brings you deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole of deception. They can share, and they do share, pictures of your ultrasound with your name on it. There is a campaign going on now that if you donate um, $140 through certain websites, you can provide one ultrasound so that some person can have an ultrasound of their pregnancy. We don't even know if the ultrasound picture is truly that person's picture, um, but they what they promise is that in in exchange for the hundred and forty dollars to provide the ultrasound, you will get a picture of that person's ultrasound, and you it will be identified. This is a huge HIPAA violation. Well, that's the thing; it's not technically a HIPAA violation because they're not medical facilities, so they're not held to HIPAA. Well, it's just a, it's a it's a vicious circle that's going oh, yeah. round and round, and because they're they're not, you don't have to pay for it. They're not um, under other legal obligations to provide true and factual information. Yep. They are, they, they do know, and NIFLA is, is training places to do the ultras, the limited ultrasounds. Mm -hmm. um, and they say if they just have a doctor who's like their medical director overseer, 
they mm -hmm. can use that person's license. So what I've been doing lately is asking the cities where the um, AAC is located if they can tell me if they are licensed and if, who their medical director. Mm. Because if we can find truth and bring truth to people, people will then be able to make decisions. I yeah. recognize that people um, struggle to have formula, to have diapers, to have oh, yeah. those. And these places offer those kind of, um, they just offer this stuff to, to people. So I recognize that. But we want people to know that they don't come free. They come no. with an agenda and they come with the agenda to control your life, to keep you from having an abortion and yep. to keep you from having full factual information when you want to make a decision. Yep. And the thing is, even if, because like, so I have a friend who in part, because at the time of her pregnancy, she was living in a state that in order to access Medi Medicaid coverage, she was legally required to go to a crisis pregnancy center to like basically confirm that she was actually pregnant. Um, and she was someone who like, she had every intention of continuing this pregnancy and she did. Um, but even though like she was not interested in getting an abortion, she wanted to have this pregnancy. She wanted to continue it. Um, going to this crisis or to this anti-abortion center rather was still traumatizing for her it was still incredibly traumatizing because of just all of the shame that they put on her not even because she wasn't even seeking an abortion the shame they put on her for being just a young person who was pregnant and one thing i also want to touch on real quick with the hipaa thing i mean the fact that i could like give money to not that i would but that i could give money to an org and then get a picture of someone else's ultrasound with their info on it so yucky the bigger concern that I have around HIPAA is, or like the lack, the fact that HIPAA does not have these places and people's privacy is people's safety in their lives. Because if you're someone who is in an abusive relationship and you are trying to leave and that person gets you pregnant, we've, I talked about reproductive coercion uh, in one of our episodes this past fall with Casey from Partners for Peace, who we love. Um, and so, like, if you are, like, in an abusive situation, you are experiencing reproductive coercion, you are trying to get an abortion to, like, exercise your autonomy and break free from this person, and you accidentally go to the to this, quote-unquote, crisis pregnancy center, to this right. anti-abortion center, and you tell them you think these are safe people, you tell them what is up, and in doing so, you also give them your address, you realize they're not going to give you the abortion you need, so you go somewhere else. They can and will. I have heard this from people who have accidentally been to these places. They can and will try to contact your abuser to stop you, which is a very good example of the fact this is why I do not call them pro-life. This is no. why I call them anti-abortion, because you cannot be pro-life and not value the lives of people who are pregnant. Right. And I don't know how old your friend was who went to this anti-abortion center and i don't know if your friend was in a relationship with someone or not but they will do they try to shame people about their their personal sexual activities as mm -hmm. well you know you have to wait till you're married you have to do this you have to do that you have to be in a certain type of relationship there is so much shame and 
And unfortunately, it's hard to counteract that shame when you're in there and you're in that position. So what GER tries to do is teach people how to recognize these AACs so that it, let's say someone came to you and you weren't, you were not, uh, and you didn't work at Mabel's and you didn't know as much as you knew, but you had come to one of our like teachings. And we said, you know, if you look, go to a website, these are some of the red flags on their website. Mm. You would hope that then when your friend comes to you and says, oh my God, Aspen, I think I might be pregnant. And you do a Google search and one of these places pops up, you could open up that website and go, uh-uh, we are not going there. Because mm-hmm. I just learned that they will say this, they will say that, they will look like this, and let's look someplace else. Yep. So not only do we try to tell people how to look and avoid these places, we then, in our teachings, give people information about legitimate providers. So we're yep. always giving out Mabel's information when we talk to people in your area. When we're talking down south, we talk about Planned Parenthood. When we're in Central Maine, we're talking about Maine Family Planning. And because that's what we want to do. We arm ourselves with education. And by doing that, we know, we trust people to make the best decision for themselves when they know all their circumstances. You don't know everyone's circumstances. I don't know everyone's circumstances. And armed with the truth, people will make the right decision for themselves. And that's what we're trying to support and and help. Um, Exactly. And another, actually, a thought that just came to me where we were talking about this, these anti-abortion centers, how they are not actual medical facilities and the like lack of, um, I mean, just the fact these are not licensed medical facilities. Some of our listeners may have heard about this story. I want to say it broke last year. Um, I don't have the article of me. There was this anti-abortion center that this nurse, like an actual real, like licensed nurse started volunteering at because she really believed in their cause. She was anti-abortion. This actually did shake her uh, perspective on that because once, I mean, she also, I think, ran into other issues of like lying to people once she started going there because sometimes people genuinely think these places are helping and they don't realize the lies happening, but or the depth well, of the lies. The it's depth of lies. Depth but of the thing lies. is, it's not even just the lies. So um, this anti-abortion center in Kentucky specifically, um, so they were doing transvaginal ultrasounds for folks. Um, the way a transvaginal ultrasound is done is there's like the transvaginal ultrasound one that is inserted into the vaginal canal. It gives you a more accurate gestation reading on pregnancies, especially at like different stages, um, particularly early on when it's like a little harder to see because there's not much there. Right. Um, And she realized they were not properly sanitizing the wands in between patients, which means that we, because they're not licensed medical facilities, so they don't actually have to keep accurate records, we do not know how many people they expose to HPV, which can cause cervical cancer. Um, And that was actually, she then like blew the whistle on that. And And when I like was doing, some more research into this case ahead of chatting with you today. Um, One of the things that got pointed out in one of the articles was that, um, you know, there wasn't really a lot of recourse 
because it's not a licensed medical facility. Like if a licensed medical facility did that, they'd lose their license, but they don't have one in the first place. Another thing that I saw brought up, they weren't talking about like this specifically, but this like spawned some conversation around, well, because these places aren't licensed medical facilities, what is the implication of that? And one of the pieces of implication of that is that these anti-abortion centers do not have to do background checks on staff and volunteers. And a lot of the people who go to them because of a lack of resources are like teenagers. That's exactly right. And then if they're giving information out because you paid for someone to have an ultrasound, mm-hmm. you need that information about a person that you have no right to have that information. I wanted to say too, when you talk about um, the transvaginal ultrasound, yeah. that in very early pregnancies, like you said, that's the most accurate way to get gestational age. So the fact that they're doing these on the belly kind of ultrasounds and then coming and telling you this is exactly how pregnant you are and that you walk out with that information. Yep. They are not, the people doing them are not licensed to tell you how far along that pregnancy is. So everything about the ultrasound is, is such bad junk science that that's what we want people to be aware of oh yeah i've absolutely talked to folks who had gone to an anti-abortion center before realizing oh wait these people don't this is not a real medical facility um i know one person who was told that they were 10 weeks gestation they weren't even pregnant um and i don't mean like oh they miscarried no, like they were not pregnant in the first place. Um, they didn't have access to pregnancy tests. So they went there. They just peed in a cup and they were told they were pregnant and then were given an over the belly ultrasound and told they were 10 weeks gestation. They were given an ultrasound picture that showed a fetus at not 10 weeks. We don't know whose ultrasound that really was. That's right. Um, and then another person who I know kind of like same deal but they were told that they were 16 weeks gestation and we're told oh this means you can't get an abortion in Maine because this was a, a few years ago right. um which also you actually can pass that stage just like our Mabel's doesn't have the tools to do it you know different equipment but then she like went and to an actual medical facility and they were like no you're at eight weeks <laughs> like they well, just see- that Aspen is one of their tactics is that they like what we like to call running out the clock. So they might say, Oh, we really can't see really well on this particular ultrasound. Can you come back in another two weeks? So sometimes you've missed your opportunity because they keep running out. Yeah. Another thing they'll say is that, well, can't really tell, but you know, one in four uh, people, or pregnancies end in a miscarriage. So maybe yours will be one of those. Why don't you wait and see? Yeah, it's it's just emotional manipulation. People are vulnerable at this time. Yep. When people make a decision to have an abortion, they are pretty darn sure that that's what they're going to do. And yep. no legitimate place is going to do an abortion on someone unless they are positive that this is what they want to do. Absolutely. And I think we need people to understand that. We need the aunties to realize that we are not out there telling people you have to have an abortion, you have to have an abortion, which is why coming from grandmothers, it's so good. We have children, we have grandchildren, we love our children, we adore our grandchildren. And we and we know that abortions 
our freedom and they are medical care and they need to be safe and accessible and these places need to go. They are a health risk to the general population. Oh, absolutely. Um, let's take a quick break for a Mabel's Fast Fact. About 75% of people with vaginas don't orgasm from penetrative sex alone. Learn more in our show notes or at MabelWadsworth.org. And we're back. So we have talked about GER, we've talked about anti-abortion centers, and you talked a little bit about the work that GER does around that, around like workshops and, you know, things like that and how GER does your pop-ups. You mentioned that listeners can attend these workshops that GER does, that listeners can go to these pop-ups. Um, what else can our listeners do about anti-abortion centers and the ways that they harm our communities? So with pop-ups to me are the best way to do it. You grab mm. one or two friends, just for truth here, um, Aspen and I did a pop-up together yeah. and you just grab a couple friends. You make a couple signs that say uh, abortion needs to be safe or abortion is legal in Maine or whatever your message is. And you go and you stand there in Maine, unless you have, I believe it's over a hundred people, just about every town, you do not need an ordinance to go, uh, a, a permit to go and stand. Ooh. So in in the Waterville area, we pop up, we have been popping up every week um, to bring truth, to bring the truth to the people in Waterville about the anti-abortion centers here in Waterville um, since before the Dobbs decision. We, I think we started when that, when the, when it broke that it was coming out and we have been standing every week since. Sometimes there are three of us, sometimes there are 12 of us. It doesn't matter. We stand there. At times we've given out free condoms. Um, so that's a really easy way. And if people need help with that or support, and I don't, if you could put our link. Oh, yes. I'm going to put your link in the that uh, would be, description. Yeah, that would be really helpful. Um, we love to come and do what we call teach-ins. We can do them at schools. We can do them with groups. We have even been doing teach-ins as house parties. So let's say you have two or three that. friends that want to come and have coffee for an hour. We will come and talk about the anti-abortion center in your town so that we can come up with um, ways that you can bring the truth to your friends and community because all you have to do is start talking to your friends. And once people learn about these anti-abortion centers and get agitated, they want to do more work. Um, we have flyers that can be um, put up. You can take little um, stickers or little palm cards and leave them places. Mm. We've been known to do that. Um, you can write letters to the editor telling them, you know, um, First Step Pregnancy Center is an anti-abortion center. And this is what anti-abortion centers do. We have templates for that. Mm. No one has to do this alone. Gur can help you through at any place you are in the in your activism to help you out the anti-abortion center in your area. That is amazing. I am always so appreciative of the work that Gur is doing. Elaine, 
Thank you so much for joining me today to talk about how anti-abortion centers impact access. And thank you to our listeners for joining as well. We'll see you next month for uh, our next episode of Reproductive Left. Thank you so much for having me, um, Aspen. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. It has been lovely. All right. Thanks, listeners.